Jesse, what's up, man? It is Jimmy Aquino with Comic News Insider. Uh, Set Lusting Bruce. So proud of you, man. You've been doing your own thing for a while now with this podcast. Uh, I remember those early days of CNI when you would call our voicemail when we used to have that and leave messages and we would play them on. And then uh, when you co-hosted before, um, you were just a natural and I was so happy to hear that you wanted to venture off into your own podcasting ways and uh, sweetly said that I was such an influence and me and Joe at CNI were were early influences on you to uh, do so and I really appreciate that. You've always been a big supporter of the podcast and myself and we finally got to meet and became friends and it's awesome and uh, I was so stoked on that because as I said you've been such a great supporter over the years and I want to support back. Uh, I am not the biggest of Bruce fans. I do like him. It's sacrilege, I'm sorry. But um, <laughs> like him a lot, but uh, I do like what you do on the podcast. Um, it makes it interesting, especially you'll do other sort of what I do on CNI sometimes. Like I sort of go off off topic, you know, perhaps. And and you'll cover other musicians and other things like that, which I think is great. And, and focuses, you know, just on the music and things like that, which is awesome. Uh, keep up the great work. I uh, look forward to uh, seeing you do even more podcasting, and perhaps in the near future, we will meet again and could perhaps do a little collaboration. Uh, good luck, and keep on rocking. Later. I get up in the evening, and I ain't got nothing to say, come home in the morning. Go to bed feeling the same way I ain't nothing but tired Man, I'm just tired and bored with myself Yeah, baby I could use just a little help You can't start a fire You can't start a fire without a spark There's guns for hire even if we're just dancing in the dark Messages keep getting clearer Radio's on and I'm moving around the place Check my look in the mirror Hello everyone and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and joining me today is one of my favorite people and one of my favorite cartoonists. We just talked about that, but you know him from the, and I'm saying the in all capital letters, Springsteen blog, Blogness on the Edge of Town. I am talking Peter Chianka. How are you doing, Peter? I'm all right, Jesse. How are you? I am great. Um, excited to spend some more time talking to you. It's always fun catching up. We we spent, I swear, 10 minutes before I even hit record, just kind of seeing how things are going. <laughs> um, before we get started, I've got to go. Um, how was the summer with baseball? Baseball was very good. As I've mentioned before, my son is an avid player. He played on, um, you know, for his high school varsity team, and, uh, and he did American Legion ball this this summer. So we spent uh, many an evening 
at the ball field, and they uh, made it, uh, you know, de- a decent uh, way into the playoffs. It was very exciting. You know, what's the summer without baseball? Absolutely. There is um... – I miss that. Um, you know, during the time you like every once in a while you want to rain out because really, do we have to go to the ballpark again? (laughs) And, uh, but you know, now that my son's 29, I, I, you know, I would love to get back and just sit there and watch them play and just enjoy the peanuts and, you know, you know, yell at the, Hey blue, what are you doing? Um, (laughs) yeah, I, I know, I know I'll miss it. Uh, yeah. when it's done. So I try to, to enjoy it as, as I can. Yes. And how are his Red Sox doing? Uh, I don't know if you've uh, checked the standings lately, Jesse, but they are doing quite well. <laughs> they uh, lost two in a row this week, which is unusual for them. He's uh, My son is, is very concerned. <laughs> we, we've seen more than one massive collapse mm-hmm. in, uh, by this team in, in the last, you know, I don't know how many years. But... Um, I think this one's the real deal. I think they're going to do pretty well uh, come come playoff time. So um, he's he's uh, usually in a pretty good mood watch, watching his Red Sox this summer. Very nice. I um, I my son, as we talked about last time, smiled greatly when I was telling him that story. Um, preseason football has started, and um, Chris was texting me during the Cowboys' first preseason game. And I'm like, Chris, I'm not watching it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and he's like, hey, Pops, are you seeing what's going on? So, uh, yeah, so he's he's geared up for the Cowboys to see how they do this season. So um, the uh, enjoyment of, um, you know, the sports continuing. We won't talk about my poor Texas Rangers. They are having – a building season, as they say, a rebuilding year. Right. So, have to do that every every so often. Yes, we do. Um, so was the rest of your summer good? The rest of the summer is very good. It's a, this is actually kind of a, a big um, big concert summer for me. I saw you two in, uh, back in June. That was an excellent show. And um, David Byrne of the Talking Heads, I, I managed to catch his show in Boston. That was unbelievable. I'd recommend if anybody, uh, if he's coming your way, um, you know, very different artists from from Bruce, but an amazingly choreographed and, and well thought out show. Um, and I actually have Nils Lofgren coming up in a couple of weeks. He's coming to um, a local theater uh, not not too far from where I live. So it's sort of an exciting summer. And I managed to squeeze in a trip to New York City while I, I was at it. I heard about that. We may have to talk about that in a minute. Um, I was able to see uh, Nils on his acoustic. Uh, tour uh we had the infamous of his guitars all getting stolen uh right, right before right, the show right, right. Was, and it was right down there that's right yeah it was so um luckily he got them all back but it was very interesting to see him by himself uh telling some great stories um and it he really um was entertaining and so and i got to meet him after the show so i was talking about um east street family bingo you know i've got my picture with little steven <laughs> you know um the uh then i you know i had Niels and you know i've got bruce at the book signing so i'm like okay you know i'm, I'm trying to make bingo here so um Absolutely. yeah what's going on with the blog um 
it's you know we're sort of in a, a holding pattern <laughs> right now. Um, as you know, Springsteen has several months to go on his Broadway run, so we uh, you know report. Uh, occasionally, there's some new news to report. Um, we'll be doing something on. Um, you, you could tell sort of the desperation level we're at, where they they just announced there's going to be a um, a folk compilation with a, an unreleased version of "If I Had If I Had a Hammer" by uh, Springsteen, and everyone, you know, is, you know, so everyone's writing two thousand words on what to expect from "If I Had a Hammer." It's like you know, I don't know, we probably recorded it twenty years ago in his basement, but. That's how desperate we are for some something new. Um, so we are ever on the lookout for whatever that next thing is, and we'll be reporting on on any news, obviously, that uh, comes up as he prepares to wrap up on Broadway. And um, and in the meantime, we actually are going to be starting a new feature on the blog. We're sort of taking a page out of your book, Jesse, and um, are looking to start doing a podcast of our own, not a um, – Sort of not a full-fledged discussion podcast like you do, because frankly, uh, you're already doing it. I cannot add to that in any way. I, I prefer to listen to yours. But we're going to start um, doing a monthly poll because we've done many of those, uh, and, and as you know, we've discussed them on this show. Right. Um, and um, to announce the results of those polls, we'll be doing a, a, a quick podcast once a month. Um, and we're going to call it the Springsteen Pollcast by uh, by Blogness. Um, so that's hopefully coming up in September. So keep an eye out, and we'll we'll let you know when that's going to show up. Ooh, that'll be fun. We may have to have you back on to uh, promote it. Um, that sounds like a lot of fun. Um, it is <laughs> the my cousin podcast. Bruce Springsteen sings the alphabet. Made the joke that well, we have a new song to add. Um, because since they've been doing the podcast, he has not released any new material. So they have talked about that they would go back and catch up anything that he released, um, even though it wasn't, you know, and go back in that alphabetical order. So he's like, okay, we've got a new one to talk about. Um, did before we go to your little trip to uh, New York, um, any thoughts about Aretha Franklin's passing? Oh, well, I mean, of course, she's legendary. I'm sad that I, I never got a chance to see her live. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm not what you would call a, a – I didn't have an encyclopedic knowledge of um, of her work. You know, mostly I, I know knew what everybody uh, knew of her. But what, you know, what an amazing talent. It's, she's one of those people you feel uh, you're sort of blessed to have shared the planet <laughs> at the same time, you know what I mean? Um, and, um, you know, um, you know, not much of a Springsteen connection there. I always look when, when we, we lose one of, one of the big names. And I, say, I wonder if they ever shared a stage or, or had a connection. There's really none that I, could, that I could see, although I'm sure, you know, he respected her work as, as everyone did. Yeah, and um, what I thought was really interesting is um, she's often credited doing Pink Cadillac, but it was Freeway of Love. And right, uh, people right. misremember. And I would have swore she had done a version of Pink Cadillac. I mean, if someone had said, right. I would have like, oh, absolutely she did. And then when right, I – go ahead. No, I, well, because Natalie Cole covered Pink Cadillac right around that same time. And, of course, she, she references a Pink Cadillac 
in Herzog Freeway of Love. So it's just a major confusion <laughs> all it around. Is. Because we all get hazy, you know. That's just 30 years ago. We can't, you know, I can't exactly. remember what I had for lunch yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought the same thing, and I'm sure they were both involved with uh, President Obama's inauguration. And so yeah. um, it was interesting. Someone asked me, and I'll use this as my transition, uh, someone my buddy said, well, do you think um, Bruce will open Springsteen on Broadway with an Aretha Franklin song? And I said, no. He says, why? I said, Tom Petty died, and he did not – he dedicated the show to him, but he did not play a song. I, I said, in fact, that was, I think, the first clue to me that Springsteen on Broadway will be very different than just an acoustical show that this is not a concert, this isn't a, you know, he doesn't come out and go, how are you doing? You know, he immediately goes in the script. And so um, I, I don't even know if he dedicated the show to her. Yeah, I haven't heard anything yeah. to, that indicated that. All right, so the last time you were on here and we had a wonderful discussion, you mentioned you had not been able to secure tickets to Springsteen on Broadway. Just to I had not at that time. To re-catch up, for, um, since we talked about comic strips, um, you know, the, the great uh, Lee Falk, for those of you who came in late, for the Phantom, so for those of you who came in late, Blogner, Springsteen Blogger, had not been able to get tickets, no matter how much dialing for dollars working and um, I don't want to talk about too much, uh, but whatever you feel comfortable sharing, um, you got the hookup. I did. I did. I, you know, I did a lot of finagling and working, working of contacts. And um, the the person who eventually set me up with a with a ticket, a face value ticket, um, has asked for uh, not to be uh, publicly thanked. He does it out of the kindness of his heart. And um, I, many people listening may know who, to whom I'm referring, um, and he may have even set them up with tickets because he's, he's gotten very good at it. But um, someone was, had an extra seat. It was a, a diehard fan like we are who was looking to just give somebody this experience and not uh, make a killing by selling the ticket for three or four times face value. Um, so I was able to, uh, you know, finally, and it's my, my 50th birthday coming up. Um, so, you know, as you know, the the... Uh, face value of these tickets is, is still kind of pricey for those of us with mortgages and yes. who like to buy groceries and mm -hmm. send kids to college and things like that. Um, but my family pitched in for my 50th birthday to get me this single single ticket. And I, amazingly, I think I may have had what is what is the best seat in the house. I was in um, like the uh, the around the sixth row. Way over to the right, so they were actually, I think they, they might have been considered obstructive view seats when the show opened, because I had seen a, a photo posted of a giant speaker there, but something changed between then and when I went. It was a tiny little speaker, and I had a perfect view of him. Um, so it really was, you know, I was, I was pinching myself. I couldn't believe, you know, that this was, this was finally happening. So that was uh, July 27th was the night I was there. That is um, amazing. Um, I'm going to get some more details, but um, yes, I 
<laughs> just so you know, after we had after I had you on, I had reached out to I think the same person who shall remain <laughs> nameless, and I said, "Dude, is there any way?" And he goes, "Handled." What? He said, "Yeah, just just already worked something out." And I was so happy. Um, it because I just think, and the reality is, there are so many great fans who will not get the opportunity to go see live. So I can't ever say someone deserves it more than someone else. But um, you and I have gotten to be long distance friends, so. From that perspective, I was hoping for my friend to get a chance to go. Um, you wrote an amazing blog about what you found surprising about the show. So I won't ask you to repeat all of it, but can you kind of share the gist of this with the listeners just in case they have not gone to the blog and talked about it or remind them if they had? Sure. Um, I mean, I think what what I said in the in the piece was what surprised me the most about the show was how much I was surprised by how many different aspects of it. Because of course, this has been going on now since last October. Um, I haven't read every word written about it, but I've certainly read. Uh, you know, I've read a lot of the reviews. I've read. You know, I've, I've heard the chatter. I, I know a lot of people who have gone and have heard what they had to say about it. Um, so. I figured, you know, I, I basically know what I'm in for when I, when I go in there. And it, and it really was not like that. It was such sort of a, 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 a surprising experience on so many levels. Um, there were just things I, I didn't, things I didn't expect to feel and things I, you know, reactions I didn't expect to have. And he really, you know, kept, um, you know, kept me guessing, you know, in terms of of how this presentation was was going to unfold. Even though I knew generally, you know, what what songs he was going to sing and you know the the format I was familiar with, but it really it, it was still like nothing I, I'd ever seen. And you know, I could, you know, you, you have to resist the temptation to just uh, you know blather on in in effusiveness, at, you know, what you what this show um, brings to the table. But um, you know, but I could go over a couple of things. Maybe you could go over a couple of the points that I, I made. Please, we could talk yes. About them. Um, you know, the, the, one of the things that you know, I knew there would be stories, but you know, what I was really and and I, and I say I saw him on the Devils and Dust tour. I loved his, um, and that's where I feel. You know, I I, I missed the the Joe tour, but I, I get the impression that the Devils and Dust tour is really where he started to finesse these very personal stories about growing up and his, his family and his religion. Um, so I'd, I'd gotten a taste of that, but that still felt, you know, sort of much more off the cuff, and maybe he'd talk about this and maybe he'd talk about that. Um, but the stories he tells at this show um, were so funny at, at, at times and so moving at other times, it almost you almost didn't need the songs, as crazy as that sounds. I mean, of course, what I was looking forward to when I was going was seeing him perform these classic songs and these rare songs um, that I, I'd never seen him perform. But I found myself, you know, saying, can't wait for that next story. <laughs> What's the song going to end? I want to hear the next story, uh, which says a lot about the, the way he, he was able to, to present themselves. 
and even stories that I'd heard before that I'd either read in the book or that I'd heard versions of at, at other concerts that he has since fleshed out or that I saw at the Tonys. Um, hearing them in that context, uh, they felt new. Um, that he, he was really able to, um, you know, make them feel fresh, even if they're stories that he's, he's told before. I don't know if you felt that the same way. I, I absolutely do. Um, I was captivated by the stories. Um, I, someone had said this and I was still surprised. Uh, and I think that's one of the reasons why I loved your blog so much is, you know, someone had said, it's funny. It's funnier than I thought it would be. And I remember reading that. And when I got there, I goes, it's funny. <laughs> It's, you know, it's even though they say it's funny, it is he is really um, funny and he he makes fun of himself and he, um, you know, definitely tongue in cheek and he captivates you. Um, I, I loved the um, talking about the trip where he had never driven and the whole popping a clutch. Um, mm -hmm. I love the story of his father and his mother and, and talking about the band. You know, each of those stories was really amazing. And it really showed how, I mean, what occurred to me, it doesn't really occur to you when you're in it, but afterwards you're thinking, all right, he's done, you know, at that point he'd done about 160 shows. How is he making this feel like the first time? You know, he, he the the emotion in his voice. A couple of times, his you know, he, like you could hear his, his voice catch where where it's a particularly emotional moment. I mean, either he is putting himself through this emotional ringer every night for real, um, or he's a fantastic actor, which I think he is, um, at least at playing Bruce Springsteen. Um, or somewhere in between. I think it probably is is somewhere in between. But but the fact that he can impart this after having done it so many times. And I think when it, when it was first announced and when it first debuted, we were all like, "Oh no way! This is going on the same night after night." You right. know, he's going to be changing that right. list. He's going to be, you know, going off book. He's going to be, you know, yeah. uh, you know, ad living. But no, he's really stuck to this script and made it work. And um, it really is, you know, it's impressive. You know, it was a real performance, a real beyond a musical performance. It was a real Broadway performance, a real one man show. Yeah. And, you know, I think we talked about it when you were on. Um, by the way, thank you. You were nice enough to join me for the Rock in the Suburbs guest host I did. Oh, yeah. And, and we <laughs> talked. Plug. Yes. Plug, plug. And we talked about the Tony Award and. Um, you know, how much he presented and um, what's interesting is um, my lovely bride, you know, we can't afford two tickets, you, but I'm not going to stop you from going, go. And after watching the performance on the Tonys, she said, I didn't think I would regret not going, but I do. After watching <laughs> that, I go, Wow. That was so powerful and so real. Um, and 
to have him go through those stories of his life, you're right. It is just fascinating. And I'm so happy that not only are we going to get, you know, the Netflix special, but I've seen that they're talking about doing limited showings, like maybe one night at a movie theater. Um, and I haven't seen, I've only seen it mentioned a couple of times. So I'm hoping, you know, how they'll do, um, the fan, um, not Fandango, but they're, you know, events where they will do, right. um, they've been doing this. This has become quite a thing with classic movies. I went to see Casablanca not too long ago, um, where they do it for two, like, like, um, you know, maybe two nights over the course of one week. Yeah. Uh, Fathom events, I think. Is Fathom, the yes, thank you. Puts them on. So yeah, that would be terrific. I, I think it would be a, a, an awesome opportunity if they well, took advantage of that. Although Netflix is notoriously prickly yes. about what's making the rights to something right. that it's showing elsewhere. So we'll have to see how that goes. Yeah. If it does, um, I've already talked to a couple people that are local here. And I said, okay, then we will have to, you know, <laughs> meet all of us at the same theater here in Dallas, <laughs> you know, <laughs> kind of have a miniature tailgate. We'll pretend to be in the pit. You know, we will make this experience going. Um, right. The other one of the other things as I try to uh, set you up, um, not a big theater, is it? It is not a big theater. <laughs> And again, that's another thing um, where you know going in, it's a small theater. You know, you think it's less than a thousand seats, and everybody talks about it's very small. He never plays anywhere that's small. But until you're sitting in that theater, and again, I I just lucked out being very close to the front. But I would think from anywhere, um, when you're used to seeing him in such big, even when I saw him in Devils and Dust, he was at the Boston Garden, which is a hockey arena. He put a curtain up through to cut it in half. So it was half a hockey arena. And again, I was lucky enough to be fairly close. But to see him in this small theater, and in particular, there's several times during the show, as you know, where he walks away from the mic and just keeps talking. And because it's so small and he projects so well, you you hear his voice, you know, unamplified. And it's an amazing, you wouldn't think that would make much of a difference. But I found that to be, you know, so personal to hear his, his sort of unamplified voice talking to you across, a, you know, just, just such a small distance. Um, and, you know, and I, he always talks about the conversation between him and his audience in a uh, metaphorical way. But I felt like this was metaphorical turned literal. We were, you know, it was like he was in your living room. And, the, and people say that over and over again. But until until you're there and you hear that, it, it's hard to appreciate. So. You know, I went in January and um, had dinner across the street with a um, fan of the show and frequent guest, Bella, and we had a great time. And then we walk over, we take pictures, and, you know, she hugs me and, like, go have a great time. And so I go through security, I get my ticket, and I walk through, and I'm, like, I'm picturing – like the majestic here in Dallas or other were this, these old theaters that have these big lobbies and, um, and you open up and it feels like you do two steps and all of a sudden you're in the theater. 
I mean, there, there, right. it, you're like, wow. And, um, it, and I was to the left about seven, eight, maybe nine rows back. Um, and you're just like, wow, this is small. <laughs> and, um, I was lucky enough to see him on the Devils and Dust tour at the Grand Prairie uh, Verizon Theater. And I just looked that up. Um, it's a 6,000 seat venue, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I ended up being at fourth or fifth row um, through someone gave me an extra ticket. Uh, and so I got up. But, you know, and I was amazed at how intimate that venue sound felt. But that's 6,000 people. I mean, this one is crazy. It's crazy small. Yeah. <laughs> no, no getting around that. Yeah. What else, you a couple know, other that, things that struck you that as you were watching? Well, it was funny, you know, that, so as he got into it, you know, with the, you know, with the stories, it's sort of, we, I should mention, we, Patty was not there the night I was there. She had a, a bad bag, which I was disappointed. I actually loved Patty and I, and I was looking forward to, to seeing her. Um, but it made for a little different show than he does on other nights. He did Ghost of Tom Joad in the middle, which I don't think he does um, typically. Um, and um, but it's it, so, so the beginning was more sort of story story based, and um, you know, and you really felt like this is you know it, it was such a different sensation to sit, <laughs> yes. sit for the whole show, and this and it's silent, and people aren't yakking, and they're not on their phones, and they're not going to get beer. Um, you know, it was just so nice to, to sit there. But by it was interesting. By the end, when he does um, dancing in the dark, it, within like thirty seconds, everybody's on their feet. And but and he did that into Land of Hope and Dreams, and and people were up all through that. And suddenly, you're at a Springsteen concert. You know, you you've spent yes. the whole night at this, um, you know, a Broadway show. <laughs> that felt like a very different animal, and then suddenly, you know, it's like he—it's like he can't help himself. He's got to get your blood pumping at least once um, while he has you there. Um, and even he, and at the end, you know, everybody's still standing at Jerry Clive again. He said, "Sit down. You are making me nervous," which is what yeah. he said. If he said that, I think there's a song on, you know, his uh, live seventy-five, eighty-five of him saying that. He's he said that for yeah. years. But uh, and then he went into the you know born to run and and uh, you know they finished up the show and on, on a quiet note again. But um, you know for those it was just funny to go from zero to sixty, you know at, at the end there and feel like you were at you know at, at a Bruce a Bruce concert you know suddenly when you didn't feel that way all night. So Peter, was there um, songs that surprised you how much you enjoyed them? Um, because I had had um, a friend had done the look and he was going, you know, I don't really have a lot of passion about my father's house. And, um, and you know, I said, hey, Sam, just hold off because in context, I think you'll be surprised how much you enjoy songs that you may have like, well, do I really need to see that? Did you have that feeling, maybe, of of a song like you went? I didn't think I'd enjoy it this much. I mean, well, well, my father's house would would definitely 
I was, I, I, you know, I knew I would enjoy it because it's not something he sings very often, and I knew it would be in context of, of talking about his father. But it, it really um, had a lot of heft, a lot of emotional heft that that I didn't anticipate. Um, the wish, I mean, I actually, I, I, again, another one because he, he, you know, obviously, I'd never seen him play it. Very rarely plays it, so I was looking forward to it on that level to check off my bingo card <laughs> to use your, yes, uh, you know. Uh, your friends from earlier, but just hearing it, and again in the context of the, the stories about about his mother, um, it just it made it you know that much more resonant. And, now um, you said you went just not even a month ago. Um, I understand that he now talks about his mother's um, Alzheimer's in the show. He did not talk about that in January when I was there. Okay. And so, yes. which made it, I'm sure, much more poignant. Well, it was it was interesting because he, um, so I, I, I'm trying to remember in the where I, I guess he had told you know the whole story about growing up and how you know when he'd visit her at work and when he she bought him the guitar and I, and I don't recall if this was before or after he sang the song maybe right before. Um, he sort of paused and said, "She's now she's in her eighth year of, of Alzheimer's. And the audience, there was a, a, a gasp because you were so invested at this point uh, in, in her and the story he's told. And there was a, a sort of a conjoined gasp of everybody in the theater all at once when he said that. Um, and then he talked about how even though she's lost some of her faculties, you know, she still loves to dance, and they always have music playing whenever she comes in the house because she'll right away start to move move to the music, no matter you know uh, what else is is going on. So yes, it was very you know very moving, and and that you know sort of the reactions of the audience throughout the night really struck me. You felt like a sort of um, uh, I mean, you always feel a kinship with your fellow audience members at a Springsteen show, except for those morons going to get the beers. But the other people, you know who I mean. Right. Um, but here it was really, you, you felt like, uh, you know, maybe because we all felt so lucky to be there, but because we were also sort of drawn into what he was saying, um, sort of we, we, re- we responded as one, you know, to these very special moments. Yeah, I, I know that... Um... You know, the line is, I'm older, but you'll know me in a glance. Um, I imagine the poignancy of that as he's singing was, I, I was very taken by that um, song. Yes, yes, And absolutely. that phrase. Um, the other thing that I was really shocked at is um, I am not a fan of the blues slowed down born in the USA um mm. just could take it or leave it and um but in the context of the show when he talks about them going to the draft board and him doing the line I wonder who went in my place um it was as a powerful a statement as I felt in a long time it kind of like yes. wow Yes, it was another one of those wow moments, and um, and I feel like he's really that has been a work in progress for you know thirty years basically that that yes. song, um, 
and, and I felt that way in the past about the right the sort of you know stripped down blues version, but I feel like he's finally nailed it. <laughs> you know, I think, yeah. or maybe it was the context, but I think also it's just the the approach musically. Um, he he's really you know he really <laughs> hit it on the head. Yeah. Um, you know, it was just very, very uh, effective performance of that song. Yes, um, I agree. And it was a real—it's always yeah. been a protest song, but uh, more than ever, it felt that way in this in this context. It did. Um, any final thoughts about the show? I mean, I'm just—I'm glad I got to see it. I, I'm going to make a, a bold prediction here, and this—I mentioned this at the blog. I, I predict in a hundred years people are going to be performing this show like like you'll go see now you know Mark Twain in his own words and uh, Gabe Kaplan or Stuart Hal Holbrook will come out with the white wig you know and the mustache and do Mark Twain somebody the people I think are going to be performing this show as as Bruce Springsteen because he he is uh, you know in many ways our Mark Twain or our, or our Groucho Marx you know the you know some of these other people who are just giants of um, of entertainment or of um, you know of popular culture whose who, whose legacy deserves to live on, um, and um, I, and the way he structured it, 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 you could really do that. It's an actual script, you know, and it's an actual you know show that holds together that someone could perform, you know, long after he's gone. Now, whether or not he had this in mind, this was his you know, way to uh, make sure his, his, his words and legacy lived on beyond him. Uh, but I, I could really see that um, that happening. And, and again, we are, you know, how I said, we're, we're lucky to have shared the planet with, with Aretha while she was here. You know, we are among the lucky ones who saw the original when uh, he first came up with this. And then that's, you know, sort of quite an honor, I think, to, to have experienced. You know, that's a really good point. Um there are people that do uh, Groucho Marx tributes, and you you've talked about Mark Twain and um, the Will Rogers, the Follies. Um, so I could very much see that happening um, because this does present a story, and it it shares his life so well and it and it he bears his soul with us so i i don't think that's an a outlandish um you know prediction at all um i think that actually makes a lot of sense um so peter are we ever going to get another album again (laughs) (laughs) well that's the Forty thousand dollar question, or however, they, however yeah. much they used to give away on that show. Um, you know, supposedly the you know he's had this album in the can for a number of years now. His uh, uh, orchestral rock album, as, as you know, they've they've described it, John Landau and others, and then Springsteen himself has talked about it. Now um, he hasn't come out and said he's grown you know disenchanted with it and it's not coming out. So I suppose. That could be the the next album. Um, I can't imagine this experience hasn't left him feeling creatively energized. Um, and I would like to think he might go back to to the drawing board. You know, the the state of the country, if that isn't you know enough to inspire him to to sort of put pen to paper and yeah. uh, and come up with some new material, I. I, I 
you know, I, I don't know what what will. You know, we know we all know about you know the the random New Jerseyite yelling, you know, Bruce, we need you after nine eleven. Yes. You know, I I, I think. That's what I would yell to him right now, uh, for various other reasons. So, um, so I hope so. I, I, I do think we we will. Um, you know, he definitely. I don't know if you saw um, the um, the interview he just did. Um, you know, with his, with him and his daughter, and now that the magazine that they are on escapes me. It's a magazine I. Oh, uh, what was what what was it? it? Oh, it was uh, Harper's Bazaar. Yes. Harper's Bazaar. Um, so he he and uh, his daughter was on the cover, and there was a very brief interview with the two of them um, inside. And one of the one of the things they asked is, "Where do you see yourself in five years?" And he said, "In front of seventy thousand screaming New New Jersey New Jerseyites at." Uh, you know, in in a, in a stadium in New Jersey. So he he apparently has every intention of getting back out there uh, and, and staying out there, uh, and hopefully with some some new material to uh, to support when he when he does go back out on the road. So Peter, I am so glad you brought that up because I was going to bring up the same thing. Like I am trying not to grasp at straws, but um, I know that many people on social media saw that quote. And kind of, look, look, you know, he's thinking of us. Um, you know, I am glad. Um, I'm lucky I got to go to Broadway. I am glad for the thousands of people that went. And I am glad that he's been able to, you know, do this creative, scratch this creative itch. Um, but, yeah, I'm like everyone else. I would love another tour. Um, you know, because you can never get enough of the E Street Band. Though I do agree with little Steven when someone complained and he said, no, now is the time for Springsteen on Broadway and now is the time to enjoy Jake's solo tour, Neil's solo tour, my solo tour. You know, yeah. enjoy what you have. And I thought that was well said. Well, yeah, good for these guys. Yeah. I mean, who would have thought we would have seen a, a new album and tour from little steven and now a live album um and i saw we talked about his show i saw it in, in boston last year and that was fantastic i'd love to, to see yeah. him again and you know and i'm going to see you know lofgren's show i mean yeah a great opportunity for these guys to get out and and do their thing they're all fantastic musicians in their own right and they deserve an audience um, and they'll all line right up as soon as bruce is ready i'm sure um, yes. And and it'll be it'll have to be something different. I mean, and one thing you do realize, being up so close to him during these shows, is he's not a young guy anymore. I mean, he has more energy than you know almost anyone else his age, um, and more you know, and is more dynamic and uh, has more charisma. But he's still not not a young man, and and you could see that up close. Um, and he, you know, and, and he deserves a break from four-hour shows and sliding on his knees. And, you know, Absolutely. I think he would be within his right to um, develop a new approach, whatever whatever that may be the next time the next time he goes out. And then I think we'll be, you know, I, I suspect we'll be happy with whatever his choices are. I think we true fans will, and the rest of them, tack with them. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, All right. So do you have a timeline yet on when you may start your 
uh, polls and podcasts? Um, we're looking for at mid-September. I think you can look uh, look for a poll within the next uh, week or so for it to be our inaugural poll. I don't have a topic yet. I may have to have a poll about what I should ask people <laughs> on the poll, but um, okay. we will do that within the next uh, week. And I'm hoping mid-September. You know, we'll collect uh, results for a couple of weeks in mid-September, get that launched, and uh, and uh, you know, it's a, it'll be a, a fun a fun new adventure. And then hopefully have enough uh, after December when Springsteen on Broadway ends. Yes. Um, have enough new developments to keep posting regularly and, and sort of. Uh, Get uh, get that going on a little more regular basis than we we have in the last uh, couple of months. Yes, that would be good. Any uh, updates on your other day job, pet peeves, and one of my favorite uh, strips? Um, as yes, as we've discussed before, I do uh, a comic strip. I, I feel guilty when you or anyone refers to me as a cartoonist. I, I can't because I can't even draw a stick figure. Really, I'm just the writer. I work with a very talented cartoonist named Dave Ludden. He's a real cartoonist uh, who uh, you know, comes up with these terrific characters that uh, that I get to sort of breathe life into a little bit. Um, and that's you know pick it, picking up some steam. We're we're uh, working on putting a book together, and um, we're uh, distributed uh, through this group called More Content Now around to various uh, newspapers and websites around the country. So. We're having a lot of fun with that, and as long as you know we we have families <laughs> and can remember our our childhoods and our kids' younger childhoods, there'll be plenty of material to uh, to draw from there. So I, I encourage people. PetPeevesComic.com is the address there, and the 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 dad C.J. Peeves is a big Springsteen fan, and um, actually we we set a series of strips. A few weeks ago at the YouTube Beach House, they did a, a contest in Boston where if you won, you got to spend a day at what they call the YouTube Beach House with uh, Bono and the Edge. Uh, and this was a real thing. You can find the, the video. It's, it's the two of them. It would have been amazing. Playing acoustic songs on the front porch. Everybody just sitting with them. And why they agreed to this, I have no idea. Um, so I said, now this would be funny. Let's send these, these guys to the YouTube Beach House. And, of course, Bruce was there visiting, too. Uh, so we were able to incorporate him in, in the strip a little bit, and C.J. faints dead away when he when he meets him, as, as any of us might yes. in that context. Um, so, yes, thank you for bringing it up. If I'd encourage uh, the fans I, to get out there. I was actually going to bring up the U2 Island. Um, I didn't remember that it was the beach house. I just remember, you know, I did not have any context living here in Dallas. I did not know this was a, um, you know, a contest, but I, I gathered – enough from it and it was so well done so funny um thank you your partner did a great job of imagery you know and the drawings were amazing so that that was a lot of fun so i was glad to see that so well done oh thank you yeah all right um peter as always i have a blast talking to you um if they want to find you how should they well, uh, your your old friend Google is your best bet. That way you don't have to remember any URLs. Uh, search for Blogness on the Edge of Town and we'll come right up. Um, we're hosted by Wicked Local here in, in Boston, and um, it, we, we, it appears on many of the, the sites here, but that'll uh, pull up um, 
our main one, and uh, you can check it out. And uh, hopefully, like I said, we'll be updating more regularly as Bruce gets busier. Um, but in the meantime, we're, we're trying to come up with some, some fun stuff like this this poll podcast and, and a couple other surprises we have up our sleeves. So please check it out. All right. And so I'm going to not put you on the spot, but I am going to ask you. Um, we just started a new um, episode. We had a pilot episode called Tea Time for Terry. Uh, the premise is Terry Smith, who just recently retired from Microsoft and is now moved back to the UK. Uh, he was living down in the, you know, the Northwest. And um, he came up with a premise when his friends would visit is you had to, the premise is pick a song from every decade you've been alive. It has to be from that decade. And so, for example, I was born in 59, so I had to pick seven songs, 59 through the 2010s. And um, that's the only rule. And then share that song. Um, I ended up doing as a mini biography about my, you know, I picked a song for my mom, picked a song for my dad, picked one for my wife, my son. Um, he picked more about high points in his life and memories. So um, we want you to come back sometime, Peter, and you can play the Tea Time for Terry game. Oh, that, I'm, that's right up my alley. I'm going to start thinking about this as soon as I get off the phone. <laughs> Uh, well, and that's what when he uh, what was funny is he I interviewed him and, you know, we said, OK, thanks, everyone. And then he said, hey, Jesse, do you got a couple of minutes? And I go, sure. And so he told me the premise that he would have people come over and instead of just randomly playing music, he set that goal up before. He says, OK, you know, bring these songs and we'll listen to them. And I said, this is fascinating because there's so many different ways you could go. Um, so we're hoping to do a regular uh, one or two episodes a month with different people joining us. So um, this is partly me pimping this new series <laughs> of shows, but also I think I, I think it's it is a interesting thing to do, and it will be a really fun to talk to people about where they go and what they do. So oh, absolutely. All right, good. Uh, I'm a, I'm a huge sucker. <laughs> for, yeah. for that kind of thing, I've always I love reading those on Facebook and yeah. um, where people get to pick their you know favorite this or that. So count me in. All right, sounds great. All right, Peter, go enjoy the rest of your night. Thank you so much, listeners. Thank you. Uh, if you want to share your Springsteen story, you want to talk about how Springsteen on Broadway was surprising to you, send me an email setlustingbruce at gmail dot com. We are on Twitter at setlustingbruce. Um, we have a Facebook page, Set Lusting Bruce. Please go and uh, like us there. And if you have the chance, please go to iTunes to rate and review us. It is how we get new listeners. Peter, take care. I'm sure we'll be talking soon. Maybe once we have something new to talk about, we'll we'll have you back on to visit. If nothing else, we might have you and your son talk about a, I won't jinx it, but if a certain team makes it to a certain playoff series, that would be kind of fun to talk about. It would, although I, I, I just heard a ruckus in the next room. Apparently the Red Sox are down 3 nothing. So <laughs> I, I may just continue to hide back here in my office <laughs> until the coast is clear. Absolutely. Uh, Peter, thank you. Listeners, thank you. We'll talk to you soon.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 